you see me okay? Yeah. Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal. And I'm here with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, you're David. At, you were at tonight's 6 2 orders victory over the hated Calgary Flames. Yeah, I sure was. I mean, it wasn't really the hated Flames. I didn't see any sign of, uh, of uh, Matthew Kachuk or. Uh, Mark Giordano, the guy that injured McDavid, or uh, Johnny Goodrow, or, you know, some of the guys I've really learned to to uh, uh, enjoy beating on those rare occasions that they get beaten uh, over the years. But uh, they were wearing the red shirts. You know what? The red and yellow Calgary shirts and the orange and blue Edmonton shirts really clash. You see them in the stands sitting together. Like, we had some Calgary fans in our row. Well, they left early, but they were there. And man, you can see the Battle of Alberta is just a horrid color clash. Between the owners have really got to change the colors of their sweaters, Bruce, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I got this orange one when I went to Vegas last year, and I wore it to the game tonight, so call me a homer. But uh, I prefer the blue. Yeah, me too. All right, Bruce, we're going to go, we're going to do what we did last night. We're going to go over the sure. bubble players only. You know, uh-huh. we could talk about, we could talk about Tricidal and Eugene Hopkins and Nurse and Larson, who all played great games, and mm. Dreisaitl put on a show, and Nuge got a great goal, and huge penalty kill, and um, yeah. The but let's just focus turn. on. Let's just focus on the. Uh, let's just focus on these. Give thumbs up or thumbs down. What were you going to say about the game? Turning? Oh, the, it sure turned on that uh, penalty kill. Yeah, it was two one, and Edmonton was going nowhere, and the shots were like sixteen to nine or something for Calgary, and then. Uh, the Oilers killed off the two-man short, and then the next penalty kill they actually scored to tie it up, and it was like Calgary completely went away, and Edmonton took over the, the last 25 minutes or so of the game. Yeah. You know, my, my only other comment on the game was that I was, again, looking for that kind of up-the-middle passing, mm-hmm. and I noticed Larson and Nurse engaged in it a, a couple times quite successfully. And, Bruce, I just it's, – it's, it's kind of this uh, – again, it's this weird feeling watching the Oilers um, – like why weren't they doing this before? Yeah. You know what? I guess it's it's like uh, Jim Playfair was saying. It's you know in Canadian hockey we're so hide bound and rules driven and like passing yeah. it up the middle is something you learned as a kid, and um, you know we weren't seeing it. We we haven't seen it, and uh, it just if it's the first thing you're looking for is that pass up the middle. Oh. If it's not there, you just then you do go up the side. But it just seems when you're looking for it you just it opens up the whole ice for you and you have so much more success uh, even if that pass isn't there because suddenly the the wings are a bit more open too so i know i, I know it's going to lead to some goals against on turnovers and there was a t- one turnover there was tonight one brutal one tonight nurse no but and that's going to happen and they're going to score now and then right oh. Yeah, well, I was I was attending a, the game tonight with an old, old friend uh, I've known for a lot of years and you know him too in fact, you and he shared a famous byline together a number of years ago. Uh, Tom <laughs> yeah. Barrett, Tom Barrett, and I we sat on the top row of the upper upper deck at the and behind the uh, Calgary net, and we agreed early in the game that that pass up the middle, every coach that we we'd ever heard or been involved with said, never ever pass the puck in front of your own net. You just don't pass the puck in front of your net. Don't ever <laughs> do that. And maybe that's changing. Yeah, I think. 
I, I don't think the Oilers are the only team doing this. Or this is copycat. Calgary did I, it tonight at least twice that I saw. Where yeah, it was sort of, oh, I, I, they did yeah, that. I think, yeah, I think other teams have been doing it for some time. And anyway, seems like a breath of fresh air at this point. So yes. <laughs> we'll continue to monitor that. Okay, thumbs up or thumbs Let's down go. for Joachim Nygaard. Oh, liked him tonight. Liked him tonight. Let me see uh, that. Thumb. We, we wanted to see. We wanted to see quality. <laughs> Him playing with quality, and there, uh, there's not much greater quality than Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, yes, you, you know who, who, who else, but Leon, such a great distributor of the puck. My goodness, David, he, he, he just came barreling in over the Calgary line, pulled up, forced the defense back, pulled up, and picked out his target. And a couple times it was Nygaard, another time it was, I think, Nurse, another time, it, you know, and it was just... Uh, uh, a, a clinic of puck distribution and, and Nygaard was in good position to take good advantage and he had a couple of great chances and eventually I think he got credited with that goal that everybody thought Nurse had scored and it was when they were still figuring out if it was in the net or not Nygaard just went into the crease and pulled it out and jammed it into the other side and I guess that's what they called the actual goal at the end of the day so he got credit for one and he had some good chances good skater and a bit of a slippery guy, eh? He's got, he's got, uh, there's this element to him that I think he's going to be a little difficult to contain. Thumbs up for yeah. Joachim Nygaard. I, I would only add that you know, he, he seemed to have some chemistry with Dreisaitl, and his speed seemed to open things up a little, like give Dreisaitl somebody to hit with a pass. Yes. He led the team with five shots. Uh, you know, we still don't know in terms of his finishing skills, though, Bruce, right. if he's more no, no. Toby Reader or... <laughs> You know Richard Raquel. Like let's we we just don't know and and hopefully he's hopefully he can pop in fifteen to twenty goals this year because that's what we were expecting from Reader last year and of course uh, let's not even go there. Okay, Colby Cave, thumbs up or thumbs down? I'm liking Cave's game. You know, uh, he he didn't generate a lot of offense tonight, mm-hmm. but I thought that he had uh, uh, you know he's he plays a pretty good all ice game. And, I mean, he did make one critical mistake in the Vancouver game, which re- ruined what would otherwise have been a good night. Uh, but um, And he can't afford to be doing that too often. But at the same time, they can't crucif- got, crucify a guy in preseason for one mistake. You know, they got to look at the whole package. And he's, I think he's going to be on the roster, Dave. And I'm thinking all along, well, he's, he's been in the 14. Center. I think he's in the 14, and he might be in the 12. He, he's the fourth-line center, I think, at this point, Bruce. And I think it's going to well. Well, I guess I guess Haas could beat him out still. But I see, I actually see Colt Cave as their well. You know, if you if you play McDavid, Drysaddle, and Nugent Hopkins at center, which is still an option, you know. And, right. and if they had, maybe they should be thinking about that again. I've always favored that myself. It's kind of hard to argue against McDavid and Drysaddle after last year, but I've always been kind of a play Drysaddle at center man yeah. myself. Um, Cave well, he sure looks ex- like a center tonight. He sure did, Bruce. That's what a center looks like, driving is a, driving a line and um, carrying the puck. And it's it's almost overkill to have McDavid and Dreisaitl on the same line. Uh, anyway, uh, we're not going to debate that tonight. I thought Cave, he's earned the job of, of fourth-line center. He played 11-13 tonight, which is kind of fourth-line center minutes. He I think he won five face-offs and lost three. So he was the only... Uh, center other than Nuge, who had a positive score in the faceoff circle. It's good on the, he's okay on the penalty kill. Yeah, I like Colby Cave right now as the um, fourth line center. Josh Archibald, Bruce, I'll go first. I'll give him a thumbs up. Uh-huh. Um, 
he he did a bit more than he did in his first game. He was good on the PK, yeah. and he had one great defensive play where he he came back, and I think it was yeah it was Brandon Manning who had got beat into the slot. And the Calgary player was swooping in for a good chance, and in came Josh Archibald to stop it. Mm-hmm. Other, you know, other than that, um, he, his line, I think he was with um, Jujar Kyra and Riley Sheehan, was a pretty yep. quiet line. Mm-hmm. Like they had one shot between Nine, three them. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 and, and, and so I'm going to give a thumbs up to Archibald and a thumbs down to Riley Sheehan, who did mm-hmm. nothing tonight. Um, and as far as I can see, can recall i don't think he's done anything in the preseason so well he's only played the two games he played both both games that i attended and both games i thought he was okay like he i thought he was okay with the puck tonight frankly um uh and in you know in the defensive zone he he didn't create much offensively but he didn't cough it up or do you know like he 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 uh uh managed the puck okay and he looked like thumbs an NHL, thumbs looked like an NHL player. I'm going to give him the thumbs up. Yeah, I'd have to give him thumbs up. I want to see more of him, of course. Yeah, yes, I mean that's the thing. Is he going to stick around? Yeah, I think they've got they've almost got their the team they want to look at now for the next two or three days. Anyway, Brandon Manning, <sighs> thumbs down for me. Yeah, me too, Bruce. Yeah. Like he, the guy, he he just cannot handle the puck he had one really solid hit where he put a guy through the bullets kind of a boards kind of an old school hit on mm-hmm. a calgary player i think it was mangiapani uh-huh. but um man he struggles and he and bear i think it was the was it the second uh-huh. goal or the first goal where they just <laughs> the guy came the guy broke down the wing gets a good a weak shot on koskinen who just burped out this massive rebound really soft and rebound and didn't even move and the, that know, was terrible side. but worse was the coverage of manning and bear ethan bear who ethan we'll get to him in a bit but manning um come on guys mm-hmm. and brennan manning he's not an nhl player I, I, he just doesn't have all due respect he doesn't have the, the skill set to play the speed game that the nhl has developed into he should not be their seventh defenseman i think it should be Logason. Uh, I, I don't know if william yeah like william Logason's not a, you know he's he's not a kid anymore <clears throat> it's not like he's developing like he, he he's going to be 24 this year like he, he's ready to play in the nhl or not so he's okay to me if he's if Logason sits a few games and doesn't get a lot of ice time but like if, if there's an injury and you got to put someone into the game do you want to put in manning or William Blockison, I just I, or someone else. I just don't. Anyway, thumbs down for me. Well, Manning had um, uh, he showed up a lot on the uh, event summary. Three, five shot attempts, three on goal, three hits. So he was trying to make stuff happen out there, but some of it that was happening was pretty negative. The one play that I actually liked was when after the whistle, some flame guy hung around the blue paint a little. And Manning gave him a couple shots, and Buddy hung around. So he just gave him the old horse collar and whipped him right out of there, like something right out of the 1970s. He's tough, Brandon Manning. I'll give him that. The guy is a tough cookie, and he's aggressive, and he, he tries to get in your face. He, he, there's, you know, there's some things to like about him, but he just this the game, it's the game's passed him by. I'm afraid to say, like that's how I see it. Now the old goalie in me has always got a little bit of a soft spot for the old crease clearing defenseman, though, and that was a, a good example of uh, getting the guy out of the goalie's face. So anyway, just a small thing, but uh, if he's got, that's the kind of way he's going to win over the coaches and some of the fans is with stuff like that. 
Anton Bertasov. You know, I liked him. Uh, man, has he got a wicked shot. And and right away, like his first shot, I thought, like I saw this big lefty and it was coming toward me, so I couldn't see his number. And I saw this big, powerful lefty come over the line. And he let go of this absolute rocket of the shot. And I was saying, boy, what, what a bomb by Leon. I'm, Wait a minute, Leon's not number 71. That's the new guy. And it was a, like a very heavy, good, hard shot. And he had a couple more that were pretty decent. I mean, one was from too far out to test, really test the goalie, but it had a lot of power on it. And he made a couple other plays. And, you know, what I expected him to be that he wasn't, to my pleasant surprise, is slow. He's not, didn't appear slow, at least not in this setting against that particular Flames lineup. He, he looked like he could... Uh, uh, carve up the ice, you know, and hold his own at least. I don't suppose he's a speedster, but I was very concerned. 227-pound guy might come over and, you know, have some skates. I, I was, you you, you were, you were used the word pleasant surprise, Bruce, and that's mm -hmm. what I use in the game grades because that's how oh, yeah. I felt about the player as well. He, he just, he made some plays. He looked confident for his first NHL game. Um, not bad. Like, he looked better than Nygaard or Hosted in their first games. And uh, I, I give him thumbs up. I want to see him some more. Ethan Bear, I'm also going to give thumbs up to, even with that stinker play. I, I like the way he handles the puck. And I'm not convinced, actually, that um, Joel Pearson handles the puck better than Ethan Bear or reads the game better than Ethan Bear or is a better player than Ethan Bear. And I'd actually like to see Oscar Clefbaum play with Ethan Bear or with Evan Bouchard for a game like one game each. Let's let's that, you know. That would be interesting. Don't hand it to Pearson because Bear uh, may well be a better player right now than Joel Pearson. They're kind of similar players in a lot of ways, but um, I like he he just he's skating really well, and uh, he, you know his defense was a problem. I didn't see, other than that one play, which was a terrible problem. He he looked okay in his own zone. So yeah, a couple couple of mishandles of the puck. One one clearing pass, he whiffed, he whiffed a little bit, and another time he just miscommunicated. He passed to a guy who was going in a different direction, and it just went to nobody instead. But his breakout passes are pretty solid. I noticed he got credited with a couple of assists in this game, which I mean. <coughs> I don't recall them. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't anything special. I think they were, you know, just contributing to uh, um, the start of a play. But uh, getting the puck going in the right direction, if you do that often enough, you're going to pick up the odd apple. Evan Bouchard, thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh, boy, Evan Bouchard. Strange game he had tonight. Um, I'm Overall, I'm giving him a thumbs up in terms of keeping him around and giving him another look. Uh, a couple of... Like, he passes the puck so well. There was one shift where he had he handled the puck four or five times in a row and just click, 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 all the passes in a row going right on the tape. Uh, and then there was this one play where I, I was commenting to Tom about what a good passer Bouchard was, and he completely whiffed a pass just inside his own blue line. And Calgary recovered, and there it stayed in Edmonton's territory. It had to be two solid minutes, it seemed like. It was like the shift it, starring it, it was. Taylor Chorney and Jason Strudwick in 2009 in Detroit. It was brutal. <laughs> they just cycled, cycled, cycled. They didn't really get any dangerous shots. Like, they didn't panic. They just couldn't get the bloody thing out after that. And it was all because, you know, it was just, I mean, Evan Bouchard, you, you could give him the puck a thousand times and you might... We might completely squib it like that once. 
you know, I mean, that looked like me hitting a three wood off the fair off the, off the fairway, you know, but uh, it just went sideways and it was it was a funny play. Uh, but I also saw him make one of those beautiful passes right up the middle that we were talking about earlier to uh, to Leon. Again, it was one of those ones that he passed it there, and by the time I sort of reacted, it was already going north in a hurry. So it's uh, he's he's confident, and and you can see the potential of what he's going to be. Probably not there yet, but hey, still preseason. Let's have another look. Yeah, I'll give him a thumbs up as well. I would say. Uh... I don't have a lot to add to what you said. Um, William Loggison, he was also in on that. Like before Bouchard had whiffed on that, Loggison had made, I think, a weak pass to kind of push Bouchard back. It's kind yeah. of and and Loggison, he just made a terrible play on the on the two, two on one, one goal. Yeah. He got beat on the boards, caught caught flat footed. And you know, there's a lot of excitement we hear from Bob Stoffer that uh, the Oilers coaches are high on Loggison. Mm-hmm. And you know. Um, Maybe there's something they see, but we we watched him every game in the playoffs, and he's a high event player. There's some real good stuff, and then there's plays like that along the boards that are not uncommon with William Rogerson. So I'm not I, I I like the player, but I don't I'm not enamored with this this player, and I'm curious why the coaches are. Um, but anyway, he he it was his. I thought he had a pretty rough game, and um, if I didn't think he was Maybe the best pick for the seventh D-man job. Right. I would, I'd give him a thumbs down right now. But I, I do think he, might, he's a better pick. I think he could be a good, solid seventh D-man on this team. Um, they save a little bit of money if they have Manning in the minors. Yes, and they have Logason as the seventh D-man. So I'm okay with that. Um, so I'm gonna, I'll give him a thumbs up. Okay. Yeah, I saw the same. Uh, I mean, he was with Bouchard in the first period, and they struggled. <clears throat> And uh, Manning and Bear struggled, and after the first period, uh, Tippett switched them up, and that w- also was a turning point in the game. That the new pairings did better than than the first. Pairing. That's right, yeah. And uh, Lagason, uh, he did get horribly burned on that two-one goal, uh, but I saw some good defensive plays. You know, I see him as a cycle breaker, and fair and enough, that, yeah. That, that you know. He, he can make one. He can make the defensive stop that allows the team to to uh, you know regain control of the puck and get it out. Whether he's the guy making the pass or not, he's the guy that's take taking the other team out of the cycle because uh, he can step up and make a hit. He's he's nice and aggressive. Uh, so there's lots to like in his game. I know he's not fully mature yet, and that's for sure. And and they may yet choose to send him down for a bit but uh, I think he's pretty close and and the verbal from the coaches is very encouraging okay the last bubble boy we'll go with is Sam Gagne mm-hmm. um, who got three points a goal and two assists they're quite, pretty quiet three points uh, although he was involved in that absolutely gorgeous two-on-one play with dry saddle I mean that was the goal of the game yeah, <laughs> yeah uh-huh. that's a, anyway Sam Gagne um, that was probably his he had if he had, he had a few good board battles Although he lost a board battle that led to the just before Legison got blown up on the boards there, that was Gagne who lost that battle. Wow. Um, so I'm, you know, obviously he's going to be sticking around. So whether I give him a yes. thumbs up or a thumbs down, it's a moot point. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not thrilled with him with with him as a player at this point. He's a little bit slow and. Um, it'll be interesting to see like is there any chance like something like Bertasov could come along and 
blow him off the roster. I think it's highly unlikely. But he's a bigger, more physical player. And if he... Who knows? It's the same math as with Manning. You send him down to the AHL, you're eating a bunch of cap hit because you can only uh, you can only bury 1.075 million of it. But you can still save uh, in the margins by promoting a cheaper player over him. Uh, that said, I saw Gagne, I thought, pretty good tonight with... Uh, 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 Nuge and um, uh, Bertasov, and yeah. you know, you look at the stats: one goal, two assists, three points, plus one, four shots on net, seven shot attempts, two hits, two takeaways. I mean, that's a guy that's pretty involved in the game. Like you don't get that many numbers, and you know, and I thought he was pretty decent. And it was it was pretty funny actually. I've never seen at one point they had out there or several points they had out there five skaters. And the lowest number of the five was 71, because it was Ber- <laughs> Bertasov with uh, with with Nuge and Gags, and then it was uh, well, I think it was uh, Bouchard and Lagason, you know, and so all these sort of really super high numbers. And the only low number on the ice was the goalie wearing the traditional goalie number 19. So things has changed. <laughs> That's I'm, that I'm an old tradition. I'm an old tradition. They don't call you sharp-eyed Bruce McCurdy for nothing. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, I'm an old. <laughs> I'm an old traditionalist. When it, I remember when the highest number in the league was 27, Frank Malovich. That's right. <laughs> that is right. So yeah, I was probably. I'm probably being too hard on Gagne. He's 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 okay. Um, all right. Well, this this is the wrong night to criticize him. We'll have our chances because he, you know. Okay. But he's a skilled right-handed stick, and he's going to he at least has the potential to provide some damage, uh, either from deep in the lineup or on the second power play, or in a night when nothing rhymes, you know, promote him up the lineup, and maybe he'll click with you know one of the hot. I'm centers. still not seeing any players that excite me as Nugent Hopkins line mates, unfortunately. And that's what I'm hoping to see. Like someone who really clicks with Nugent Hopkins so they can, he can have a partner in crime out there and do some damage just like McDavid and Dreisaitl. All right, Bruce, let's leave it, <laughs> excuse me, let's leave it there for tonight. Thanks sure. for talking. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast. <laughs>